Hi, welcome to the Hillbrook Center for Teaching Excellence, the CTE podcast. My name is Bill Selleck. I'm Director of Technology here at Hillbrook. And I'm Annie Makala, Director of the Scott Center for Social Entrepreneurship at Hillbrook. Yeah, and we have a handful of guests. So a quick note, actually, before we start talking with them and let them introduce themselves, we're going to hear. Yeah, we were really lucky. You know, one of our goals is to really democratize who has access to the podcast studio. Um, and we have two guests today. One is a current eighth grader and one is a parent of, a, of two lower school students. And one of the special things we wanted to do when we invited Chris to come in is have his children join us, um, both as a way to get some lower school students into the podcast studio, but also um, we wanted to ask them a few questions. So you might hear some voices and people coming in and out of the podcast studio. And this was all part of our learning opportunity and and taking a risk and bringing some new people into the studio. Yeah, particularly at the end, you'll hear Annie sharing a mic. So when you hear her kind of cut out and it's a little more reverby, all of that is um, Annie's on mic with a kindergartner. Yeah, we had to, we were, I was bending quite low to get (laughs) to the mic. Um, And yeah, it was really, it was actually a highlight of mine to have them in here with us. And we, we asked them some big questions and they have some great answers. Uh, hi, my name is Chris Pruitt. Um, I'm a father of two children here at Hillbrook and hopefully a third one coming in a few years. Um, and I'm a vice president of engineering at LinkedIn. Awesome. Hi, my name is Edis. I'm a student here at Hillbrook. And uh, yeah. And you're in what grade? I'm in eighth grade. Yeah. Awesome. And so we'll give a little bit of background um, later in, in terms of how you guys met and how we built the idea of, of having this podcast episode. But first, I'd love to start by asking you the, the core questions that guide our work at the Scott Center and and in Reach Beyond, which is um, what matters to you and what are you doing about it? So, Edis, can we start with you? Sure, of course. There's a myriad of different things that I matter to me. And uh, I think the three most important that matter to me are probably my family, uh, making the environment a better place, and uh, equity, and and, mo- and more specifically, gender equity. I mean, here at Hillbrook, we've been um, working on uh, like projects such as like with WIFTI, which is a uh, reach beyond the opportunity that we've been um, that I've been in that I've participated in. We've interviewed numerous people, um, women in finance and tech, and and there's new, um, I mean, there's so many amazing things in the world that um, matter to me, and I just want to make the world a better place for everyone and the people of the future to have a better life in the earth. So, Edis, you were part of the Wifty mm-hmm. Reach Beyond Block. Mm-hmm. We had um, an episode, the Wifty podcast. Well, actually, not ours. It was Mark's. Yeah. Mark's with the Remarks and mm-hmm. Reflections Did a crossover. Podcast. We did. You were on his podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't checked out the Remarks and Reflections podcast, that was actually Edis helped uh, lead the charge on that. So, if you're wondering about the women in finance, teaching, technology, teaching youth, I had too many teachings, but you get the idea. Yeah, um, you were a part of that mm-hmm. one, so that yeah. that actually answers your "What are you doing about it?" Exactly. That was a yeah. fun. That was a fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Edis. Well, we're going to circle back to dig in a little bit more to some of the things you learned in mm-hmm. WIFTI, Women in Finance and mm-hmm. Tech, teaching youth. There it is. Was renamed from Gift Girls in Finance and Tech. So that was a eighth grade decision, I think. Um, but turning over to you, Chris, can you share with us what matters to you? Sure. Um, I, I'm here. Uh, well, I mean, I had started with family. I'll say the same. Like I said, I'm a father of three and I think a lot about the world that I'm going to be, you know, currently creating and, and leaving for my children and their children and so on. Um, and specifically I'm here because diversity, equity, uh, inclusion, belonging matters a ton to me. This is something I've been on a journey 
to understand in the last several years at LinkedIn. I'm very fortunate to work in a place where it is a, a key priority for the company, and I've learned a ton through that and started to then expand that into the community. So what I'm doing about it is um, I'm very involved at work uh, with Women in Tech, which is uh, an effort that's led by one of my colleagues, her name is Erica Lockheimer, a phenomenal woman and has really leading the way kind of across the industry in this. You know, I've learned to be an ally to her. I've learned to be an ally to a number of other women. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to conferences like Grace Hopper and kind of learn from from experts in the field. And uh, I've started to write about it a little bit, which is uh, you mentioned taking a risk. It's it felt like a big risk to me, um, but it was very rewarding. And I'm uh, eager to try to figure out how to do more of that. And, and kind of that's that's why I'm here today. That's awesome. So, you know, circling back a little bit, I think one of the things that has been so exciting about our Reach Beyond Block is that, you know, I think about it in terms of like, we go in with some sort of idea of how something might unfold, and then the magic of being in the room for two hours with a group of mixed middle schoolers and cross-curricular teachers creates such an awesome opportunity um, to dig in a little bit deeper even than, you know, when we when we named Wifty, we really didn't know exactly what that might look like. And we also didn't know who would sign up. And when I shared that we were doing this student collaborative Reach Beyond Block, um, multiple people said, oh, great, you're going to have a space for girls to talk about finance and tech. That's awesome. Like, we should have more of that. And I had to keep correcting them and, you know, and say, this is open to everyone. This is not just for a specific gender. This is not for a specific kind of student. So can you share a little bit more? Wifty was one of um, one of your top choices. What interested yeah. you in joining that Reach Beyond Block? Um, well, firstly, I was really interested because I thought it was an amazing opportunity to really promote uh, gender equity. And um, we've been talking about before equity um, and inclusion. And that's a big, um, very important thing here at Hillbrook. And um, I think that was the really main factor of me joining also because I've worked with you many times before in other elective opportunities. And I was really interested to um, learn about this as well because it's also something that's a bit new to me. And, and now, of course, not anymore, but it was uh, something I was really interested in learning about, diving into and making, um, hopefully uh, promoting women in finance and tech and making a more um, opportunities for uh, women and, and making a better um, uh, environment in which there's more gender equity so yeah that's awesome and and you know sort of what that stood for for your classmates that we had two um, boys in the class yeah. you and Abe mm -hmm. um, and you also took this great opportunity Abe is in fifth grade yeah. you're in eighth grade um, to show some allyship mm -hmm. with him and and you know really mentor him and I think you all did a couple interviews together mm -hmm. but he also loved the opportunity to get yeah. to spend time with you Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, it was really fun to kind of in a way mentor him along the way. And it was really it was a really fun um, experience. And I'm sure we uh, we both learned so much. And it was um, such uh, such an amazing experience. I, 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 I it was amazing. Yeah. Chris, can you share a little bit more about how your journey into this, you know, whether it was specifically in your job or your life, like when was a moment that you kind of thought like, this is something that I'm going to I'm going to step into? I became conscious of it in my job. Like I said, I'm, I, I work in an environment where it has been a priority for a little bit. Uh, I talked about this a little bit and in, in some in email exchange with Edis, but you know, I, I started to become aware that, that there were not a lot of women around me. Mm -hmm. And and then I kind of started to think back on, and this was you know while I was at LinkedIn in the last, I've been there for almost eight years, so probably five years ago or so. Um, I, I, I realized that there were uh, people like Erica, who I mentioned, who was a colleague of mine, who was a manager, and uh, a number of other like you know uh, engineers, but they were still by far a minority. I noticed that it was different. 
and and then I kind of kind of got in touch with my own feelings. And at the same time, Erica was starting to lead this charge of women in tech at LinkedIn. And so, uh, one thing I, I've said to you before, and I'll say again, is I think it's just so important to talk about it. And so, my journey really started by naming it and talking mm-hmm. about it. Fast forward all the way to Grace Hopper Conference, which, if you're not familiar with, is a conference for women in computing. Uh, they're up to twenty six thousand people this year. It's and it's completely flips it. Like when I when I've gone there, I'm, I'm one of you know three percent of men, and the rest are women. It's really just incredible. But um, sitting in the room with leaders across uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, you know, of major major companies and engineering leaders, and what I figured out is they're all still just learning to talk about it. Mm. And so that that is really was my entry into it, and that's what I sort of said to Edis is I think what's so important is that he's talking about it, right? And that, that, yep. that you're and that you're getting involved. And um, that really lowered the barrier for me. It made it a, a lot more comfortable to write about it, to do this. Is like, hey, we're all figuring this out and figuring out how to make an impact. Circling back to to something that I think is um, we're navigating all the time at Hillbrook, which is um, what does allyship look like? Not necessarily just specific to gender equity, but all kinds of allyship. Will each of you share, you know, some of the the tangible things for people listening to this podcast that either you're experimenting with, you've seen um, matters in terms of what does it mean? I guess both to be an ally, but I've also heard lately um, that allyship might not be enough. That we also might need to be co-conspirators um, and collaborators, and like really get in there and start doing exactly what you're talking about, which is talking about the issue and then making sense of the actions we can do to, to make a change. So Edis, can, can you jump in with maybe one way sure. that you think about allyship? Sure. One way I think about allyship is really, um, helping those that, um, helping those around you, helping people that, um, that are, um, in a sense, um, that, that needs some help. If you see someone around you that that's, um, struggling or something, um, they're, they're having a difficult time with something and uh, just go in and, um, help them out. And I think that's a great way, a great tangible way of, um, of really promoting allyship in your day to day life and just trying to help others and collaborate with others like you've been talking about. And it's an amazing way and it really makes the world around us a better place. And yeah, it, it's, it's a great way to really, um, yeah, just improve the the society we live in. I saw you do this. Uh, I don't even know if you realized you did this in Wifty one day. We were we had two women come in and um, we were interviewing them. And you know what you don't see when you listen to the podcast episodes is that everyone had a role. So we had people doing photography. We had people um, fact checking and taking notes. We had people writing a little paragraph journal entry about it. We had people doing the videography and you had done the introduction and then there was only one person in charge of taking notes on the back table and you could tell like right away that this was just not going to be enough. Like she was frivolously writing and you just walked over and jumped in and I think you said, you know, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Not exactly. do you need help? Like what might I do? How can I help? And that phrasing was, I, I remember saying to Mr. Silver after like, that was awesome. That happened behind the scenes. It wasn't like a raise the hand, stop everything. It was just like you saw a need and you jumped in, um, and you were willing to just be a support role in that moment. Yeah, yeah, awesome. that, yeah. I mean, whenever whenever I see anyone that that needs some help, I, it's just my first goal is to see how I can help. Like you said, that's a amazing phrase, and and it's it's just a great way to push yourself to help others and promote allyship every day. So yeah. By the way, oh yeah, if you're an educator listening. This is a really cool model for podcasting, right? So it's not just one person talks and everyone else has to be silent as an audience. 
but you actually have roles around. We did a similar thing when we would do mystery Skypes or mystery hangout mm-hmm. calls where like one class would partner with another class. So, you know, one kid was kind of on mic and talking and asking the questions. And then you would have like the researchers, you know, you'd have kids like on the map, kids that are Googling, kids that are actually documenting and, you know, taking photos. Because that's one thing, once you're done with the podcast, it's like, oh, we, we don't have a photo. Like, what are we going to use for the featured right. image? Right. So everyone yeah. has a role to play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing. That's so, awesome. you know, kind of being mindful of that. So it's it's fun to hear that you actually were able to to take ownership of that and, and jump in where you needed. Yeah. Makes me happy. I love that story. I want to I want to build on it and also attempt to kind of spin it into a, a something related. So the asking how you can help versus sort of projecting what you think they need, I think is actually a really important part of allyship. Um, there's a book that I, I'm really just, I haven't read the book, but I, I saw the author speak. It's called Covering. Mm. Um, and it's really about this phenomenon where, um, you know, you come into an environment where you're a minority of some sense, right? And then you act like the people around you, you're covering. And that, that's actually like really, really a bad thing, right? And and, it's, yeah. and so um, over time, it really kind of breaks down. And, and so, um, and then he subsequently, the author's first name is Kenji, I'm blanking on his last name, but subsequently he's done research. And the research is really, really important because it shows that this is not unique to just like underrepresented. Um, it, it happens in everyone. Um, and it got me in touch with some of my own you know, thinking about, I grew up in the South and in the South, there are a lot of the like North Carolina, there are a lot of stereotypes. There's, you know, I, I used to have much more of a Southern accent. I don't anymore, which yep. is actually because I covered and when I was in college. And so really it shows that it's actually, it applies to everyone. And that's, that's why the research is so important. So I'd really highly encourage you to, to kind of read the book and, and discover and how and connect it to this. I found it. Okay. It's covering colon the hidden assault on our civil rights. Mm. I just yeah. typed in book covering as yep. a Google query, and that's and what's Kenji's the, last name? Kenji Yoshino. Kenji Yoshino. Yoshino. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So we'll link that in the podcast yeah. notes. Absolutely. Um, and something more specific, a little bit of an abrupt transition, but uh, I think you know there's a lot of research around women in particular, and and how the sort of phenomenons when they're in, in meetings or in group settings. And I talked about this a little bit with you as well before is uh, one thing is, you know, they tend to, when they speak up, they're not acknowledged or not recognized. And then maybe a man will repeat the same idea in the room and then the man will get credit for it. Right. And uh, it's one of those things you read that you kind of makes me cringe and I want to believe it's not true, but uh, you can watch for it. Right. And, and I think an important part of being an ally a very specific behavior you can you can do is just watch for that and actually help bring their voice forward. Right. And if you n- nip it in the bud and, and sort of recognize them or if you see it happen, like find a way to sort of compassionately bring them back into the conversation and get recognition for it. So uh, that's sort of a very important thing you can do in the moment. Finally, uh, you know, one thing I've done is, is actually just actually carve out the time you guys I've heard you in another podcast talk about voting with your money there's also sort of voting with your time like carve out the time yeah, to mentor and and spend time with um, whether it's women or whether it's you know uh, whatever underrepresented group that, that you want to be an ally to um, spend time with it and yeah. mentor them and see what you can do to help them yeah, we often talk about giving time treasure or talent mm-hmm. right yeah sort of time being especially in school and work settings, such a valuable resource and limited resource. Um, and so, you know, what a, what a great feeling that would be for anyone to say, Hey, I want to, I want to grab lunch for an hour. You know, it's really interesting. Actually, you talk about, you know, kind of voting with your dollar. Mm-hmm. You also vote with your time, Yeah, right? you vote with your time, you vote with your treasure, you vote with your talent. I've never made that connection before. So yeah. thanks Chris for that. 
coming full circle. I love it. I'm actually going to step out. I'm going to go grab two very special guests. Um, what I think maybe you all could talk about while I'm out of the room um, is is some of your own thinking in terms of, um, you know, if we were, we've been studying the, the sustainable development goals, which is a 2030 um, goal for, for the entire, you know, they were designed by the United Nations. So this isn't specific just to the United States, but um, it's something that we've been talking a lot about. And so, you know, when you envision life in 2030, what might this look like if we were to do things really well in the next 10 years around gender equity? Mm. And with that big question, I'm going to sl- slip out and then yeah. I'll come back in. Watch your head. Remember um, Mike Myers' character, talk amongst yourselves. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. essentially what, what Annie just gave us. <laughs> the topic is. Yeah. Okay. You're probably too young for that, but it's really uh, funny for Chris and I. Edis, go for it. So um, I, when I was first introduced to these sustainable development goals, I was doing an elective with Miss Mack um, last year, which was uh, all about social entrepreneurship. And it was my first time doing an elective of the sort. Um, I was very intrigued by the fact that um, like, there's been all of these different um, stories of these startup companies and, and um, my... Uh, and I know people that have um, been working on different projects, and I thought it was interesting to um, to, uh, to work on some to learn about the social entrepreneurship process. And um, when I first um, saw these sustainable development goals, I was really um, interested, and I saw a lot of different um, similarities between what I thought and a lot of different goals. But more specifically about uh, gender equity, um, if we keep on um, pushing and trying to um, empower. Um, women and, and um, in these uh, finance and tech um, settings and try to keep um, making the, um, the gender equity in our society um, better. Um, we, I, I hope by 2030 um, that it's gotten a lot better. That I hope that by then um, a woman will be um, in a much better uh, environment in the finance and tech settings. And like um, I was talking with uh, um, Chris earlier in the um, emails, um, Maybe not by the time that um, I'm in the uh, job setting, but hopefully a bit afterwards, it'll be uh, much better and it'll, there'll be a true equity amongst the women and men in these settings. And um, yeah, I have the be- best hopes and wishes for the years to come. I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm nine years from now or 10 years from now, I guess I can, it's 2020, uh, is, is like pretty soon. That's 10 years. Wow. That's always felt so far away now that we're in 2020. uh, But I'm optimistic. And I think there, one one thing that I believe is, is super important and something as I was talking about my entry into this is, is role models matter a ton. Right. And, and I think by 2030, we will have much more uh, in the way of role models, right? There will, we will, something that, that a lot of the industry is very focused on right now is creating uh, like, like focused on senior leadership roles. So 10 years from now, by far, I hope we will see a lot of progress there and we will see much more diversity in the senior leadership of companies, which will create role models, which will help inspire, you know, the next generation of folks. Something that, you know, as a parent that I spend a lot of time thinking about and I try to prioritize is exposing my, you know, my children and, and their friends and stuff to as to different diverse kinds of activities, you know, different settings. And it's one of the things I love about this school is, is that it is such an important priority here. And so I think that those, those experiences build and over time will, will be what makes a difference. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. Um, I feel similarly. It's, it's really um, the idea of gender inequality has become so real for me since I also have three kids, mm. right? Two girls and a boy. Um, and knowing just the inequalities, um, I saw, of all things, like a meme on Facebook that was, you know, talking about um, the difference in pay between professional men and professional women. You know, so mm -hmm. depending on where you look, you know, women make like, you know, 80 cents on the dollar. Um, and so I'm thinking about that, like in terms of the actual humans that are my kids, right? And what that means for them. Um, and it, the, the meme was something to the effect of, you know, when boys grow up, they want to be, you know, doctors, lawyers, and CEOs. The problem is that women want to grow up and be women doctors, women lawyers, and mm -hmm. women CEOs. And that's why they get paid less, right? You know, so it's kind of poking fun at that, but it's just like the, you know, this, this is a real problem. Right. This is a real inequality that we have. Yeah. 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 We have a guest. Did you guys hear the squeak come in a little earlier? Want to say hi? Hi. What grade are you in and why are you here? I'm in third grade and I don't really know why I'm here. Well, I know why I'm here because my dad's doing a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Special guests. And you met Carter and Milo is also here with us and Milo is in kindergarten. So he's joining us today as well. And Milo, if you, if you want to share um, what you think about the podcast studio, is this your first time on a podcast? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think about it? It's a pretty cool setup, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we are in the podcast studio today because we've been interviewing your dad and our eighth grader, Edis, about what it means to support a big word. That word is equity. And when we talk about equity, that means we want things to be fair for all people. Carter, is this something that you've thought about? I know you all do some projects in third grade. Yeah, we're doing the sound project and we're going to start on the Greek play soon. So tell us a little bit more. The sound project is something you're doing in Reach Beyond. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the, the sound project. So the sound project is where you, you take old things like pots and pans and you turn it into the school and you collect them and make a, a f building out of it and like um, some people are doing a cheesecake factory and we're doing a haunted house and yeah. So this is, this is something, what we love about Reach Beyond Block, we have everything from Wifty to the sound project to the Greek play, there's all different ways that children are engaging. Um, and Carter, one thing that we wanted, we brought you in, we wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about your dad, Milo, you can jump in too, about your dad's job, things that you know about what your dad does at work. There's this thing called Hack Day that he was a judge for, I'm pretty sure, and that they're working on a lot of different projects. That's awesome. And Edis, will you share, because you know, one day mm -hmm. Milo and Carter might be in WIFTY if it's still around. Mm -hmm. Will you share a little bit more about WIFTY with Carter and Milo and, and kind of how you were introduced to Chris? Sure, so um, WIFTY, um, is uh, a Reach Beyond opportunity that um, I participated in uh, last semester. Um, it's basically promoting uh, women in finance and tech. And um, it, the main focus of the uh, elective is, um, is learning about um, the different uh, inequalities that, um, uh, that uh, women face in the worlds of finance and tech. 
and uh, the and promoting gender equity in our society and trying to make a better um, uh, world for those that are um, for those of the future. So it, it's a very amazing opportunity. We got to interview numerous women that are working in finance and tech and their experiences in, in their roles um, in the companies they're at and the different um, struggles or different um, uh, experiences they've um, gone through in their years, um, in their journey through this um, world of finance and tech. And it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity and I'd highly recommend it. And it's very interesting. I'm sure you guys would love to do it. And so we were really excited to meet your dad. Shannon Hunt Scott was the one that said, oh my gosh, you're doing work in, in gender equity and finance and tech. Do you know Carter Amilo's dad? You've got to meet him. He's, you know, this is something that he cares deeply about and that he thinks about in his work and his life all the time. So that was how we wouldn't have necessarily, you know, Carter is um, third grade and Milo's in kindergarten, so we don't always have that lower school, middle school cross collaboration, but it's been really fun to get to know your dad better. And thank you. We're asking you such big questions. I'm so impressed you're, you're, this is the thing about podcasting is you're doing it live is what we say. So we didn't actually give you very much. We didn't give you these questions beforehand. Well, I'm glad that we brought you in here because it has inspired me to think of you and Milo as allies to your little sister. And I think that's going to be an important part of how I think about raising you and keeping you engaged with this topic. Will you tell me a little bit about your mom? Uh, my mom, she likes to listen to Harry Potter but doesn't watch it, and she really likes to cook too. And what is what is your mom's job? She works at Kaiser. Do you know what she's doing this morning? Why I brought Mari to school? Good question. Carter's mom is a, a robotic surgeon. Oh yeah, and she's oh an OBGYN. And she today started operating at a different hospital for the first day. So it was a big day for her to become the first benign gynecological robotic surgeon at the San Jose Kaiser. That's amazing. And so um, one of the things that I've talked about, and uh, if you want to link to one of the articles, well, the only article that I've written is the importance of supporting each other's careers and uh, routines and things. And usually she takes Mari to school because it's right by her office. But this morning I did so that she could be at her uh, new location early and ready to go. And hopefully right now she's killing it. Well, ooh, that's a really bad choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> like killing people? <laughs> that's, what, that's why I was like, that was a really poor choice of words. Um, it's a good phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Different context. Yes. Um, so is so, she working there full-time now? No, she's just operating there. Sounds like she is a very she's someone we might need to interview. Yeah. That intersection. Yeah. We haven't actually explored the intersection and of health. Do this podcast again. Should we bring your mom in for the podcast? Yeah. Yeah? There's a very, earlier I was talking about like things to be aware of, there's a very interesting phenomenon in medicine. And so there are plenty of women doctors, right? In fact, in OBGYN, I think, at least in her hospital, more than half of them are women. But when she introduces herself to people and she says, I work at Kaiser, what do you think they assume she is? Her job is? A nurse. A nurse. Exactly. And so, uh, so there's just all of these biases and unconscious biases that 
exist everywhere that are, you know, when you become aware of them, then you can try to do something about it, right? As you said, like actually become aware of it, be an ally. I mean, that's a simple way to be an ally. Just introducing her as getting ahead of it, right? She's right. my wife as a physician at Kaiser. Doing amazing, so. amazing things at the intersection. We need, um, we need these, this intersectionality, which is not something we've actually dug into enough in this podcast episode, but it is prompting hopefully what might be future episodes, which is that we've talked about gender, um, but we haven't talked about the intersectionality of things like gender and race and the complexity um, that people face when their lived experience is within that intersectionality. Carter, it's been so fun to have you and your dad in the podcast studio. I think one of my favorite things is getting to see the ways in which, um, you know, I know you as a student at Hillbrook, and now I feel like I have... I know a little bit more about you and your family and the things that matter to you all and that I hope one day I get to meet Mari and that maybe we'll interview Mari about what it means to, um, to be at, at Hillbrook and to be in this world. Uh-huh. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been awesome to have you here and hear some of your perspective on some of these really big questions that we've been asking you. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been so amazing to have you. Thanks for coming. Maybe we should build a podcast studio at home. What do you think? Mm, maybe. Hey, this is Bill again. Hey, so we have a slightly different ending for you. We're going to let Chris and Edis actually close it out. As soon as we stopped the recording, there was this amazing conversation that Chris and Edis had together. They've been emailing back and forth for some time. And it wasn't actually until they came to the podcast studio that they met in real life. Um, and Edis was just really grateful and he voiced that to Chris for the, the emailing back and forth about allyship. Um, so we're going to do, instead of a cold open, kind of a cold ending where uh, the two of them are going to just kind of thank each other on mic. It was, it was a super cool moment and they uh, they kind of paused the moment. They indulged us. We end it with them um, talking to each other. It's been wonderful to meet you, Edis, and thank you for asking me the questions and giving me the opportunity to to answer them and write. And I said earlier, I've been trying to write more, which is is a hard thing for me to do. It's hard to carve it out, but actually, the thoughtful questions that you asked and the the opportunity to kind of sit down and put it in writing was really clarifying for me and actually helped me get more in touch with how important this is to me. And again, not to belabor the point, how important it is to just keep talking about it. So thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much for your answers. I mean, they were um, so uh, insightful, so interesting, and and um, it was just amazing to hear your your, your perspective on the um, different topics. And um, us at Wifty really appreciated all of your answers. They were so amazing, and, and yeah, it was just such a pleasure to hear from you. Great, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs>